Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 161 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. I'm looking down and projecting my voice. Adam, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Uh, I have some, I like the nervous pre-LVAC excitement jitters, you know, that come whenever we're about to go uh, watch some wrestling. So other than that, I'm okay. Yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a little nervous here myself. You know, it's the first time we're at Sokol's in like, what, a year and a half, I think. Yeah, it feels like forever. Almost because, almost two years, because I think the last show was December ni- 2019, right? Yeah, because, I mean, even the first, you know, drive-in show feels like forever ago. And that, you yeah. know, and this was even longer. But, yeah, I, I'm excited to get back to Sokol's. I like that venue. It's a, a great place to watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. A uh, lot of big matches, a lot of multi-person matches. Um, one match where I'm unfamiliar with a lot of people in that match. Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> it's going to be uh, interesting. The what are the every uh, the, they have a name now? The Six Spectre Scramble. Okay. Uh, you know, I know Haunted Francis from uh, last time. I know Ethan Wilde for a long time, but uh, you know, it's, so on one hand. It's for me as someone who calls it and the, the, the show is sold out. So, um, you know, I think they said if you were still really, really wanting tickets, but at this, the 11th hour, literally, um, it might be too late. Yeah. Um, I mean, meet us in the parking lot with a, a padded lope and we'll see what we can do. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's your that's your one for the show. Enough of this padded lope bullshit. Yes. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> God damn it. Um, no, so it's, so it's, 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 um, cause you're, uh, you've, you've opted out on the, uh, opportunity. There's that word, uh, to commentate the show with me. So it'll be interesting to see who I'm commentating the show with. I have some ideas based on who's going to be there. Uh, I was fishing around trying to see who, uh, Avery good comma, uh, professional wrestlers, Opponent was going to be after the Tony Deppin change, and everyone's been mums the word. Uh, but again, there's always like a level of excitement, you know, and a yeah. level of nervousness when you're you're back at it again. Yeah, I actually heard that the winner of the costume contest was going to do commentary with you. I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that. As long as they tuck the neck flaps of their mask underneath the shirt, it's okay. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So that, of course, and uh, I guess we, uh, as a community, as a, a world at large, are lucky that uh, a show is only bi-weekly. So uh, <laughs> they, just like the rest of us, get a reprieve of you harassing them in regards to your standing in the uh, Tournament of Champions. Yeah, you know what? As you said, they are on a, a, a break this week. There won't be a new show this Monday. Um, you know, they had to clear that with me to make sure that it was okay for them to skip a week. But after that, I believe we will be resuming our show uh, on a weekly basis for the Tournament of Champions. But Our as show. I, yes, it's the Adam show. And as I had alluded to last week, uh, as you may have heard, I, I called in last week and, you know, onto the A show and... You know, kind of rattled off a bunch of demands, some of which I didn't even really want. We talked about on this show about how having the first pick isn't really beneficial. And I felt like I was just on a roll of just saying things that I wanted. And, you know, I just blurted out the number one pick. And they're like, sure, no problem. Because, again, they want me on the A show. So uh, I, I don't want the first round pick. But they did concede to the fact that I am recognized as the number one seed, thanks to all my numerous, numerous votes. 
Uh, and when they do come back, you know, I'm going to maybe pop on one more time just to, you know, just a pre-tournament visit, make sure everything's in order. And uh, if I have any other things that I want, you know, for my appearance, I'll drop it then. But so far, so good. It's looking it's looking like it's going to be a, a, a second deep run into the tournament for me. I certainly hope so for your sake that you win. <laughs> I'm pulling for you, just so you know. I appreciate that. I mean, I, I looked at, obviously, last week's show. Kevin Graham had a, a great showing. He's a dark horse. He won his poll with, I believe, like nine votes. So I, I just got to top that if I should happen to go against him. And uh, But, yeah, I appreciate your support. And like I said, uh, it, it's a... Uh, a difficult road in front of me, but not something that I can't beat. You know, I, I've I've heard the shows of people like the Boar and Ed Cody, and I, I'm not the, I'm not scared. I'm pulling for you in the hopes that when you win, that'll be enough for you to leave them alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you, I, I think I will. I, I think I'll move on to other things. I'll I'll look on. I'll move on to like winning five star match game. That'll be my next thing. Oh, uh, did you get a chance to listen to Young Ed on the uh, TNA episode? I did. I listened earlier. And full disclosure, if they had a five-star match game and I was invited on and the topic was wrestling that I watched from the past week, I would come in last. Okay. <laughs> you know? I was going to say, I, I, I was going to say, because, uh, you know, we'll, we'll reveal it here. Uh, Joe has revealed that next month's episode is going to be Saturday night's main event. Oh, uh, if you want my spot, since I'm going to be on the episode, I'll gladly concede to you. No, no, I, I wouldn't want to take you off there as like, I believe this is your third appearance. That's correct. And you won one and lost one, correct? That's correct. So yeah, you definitely, you need to go on there, just cement your legacy. And, you know, again, you could take over that territory. I've taken over the A-show territory. <laughs> We're Okay. And I'll say this, I, I'm also I'm going to be on with other people that have won one and lost one as well. Ooh. And it's people that I've been on with before. So if you enjoyed our last appearances on there, uh, then you'll enjoy this, I'm sure. I don't know when we're recording it, but it's going to be sometime in November. Would it be fair to say that this is the five-star match game tournament of champions? No. Oh, All no. Right. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to curse this, uh, appearance with whatever you have, you know? <laughs> All right. Fair enough. And now at odds with wrestling presents this day in wrestling history. So that's a perfect opportunity. That's oh, twice. Work. I could say it twice. I could say it multiple times. Cause, uh, you know, we kind of made that famous to be said like that, you know, mm -hmm. on the soon-to-be-named network, for this day in wrestling history. And this is actually a pretty big day in wrestling history. Um, there was one that I was chipped off to a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, oh, shit, don't tell me, like, things that happen, like, weeks from now, now, then I got to, like, make extra double-triple notes, and I hate doing that, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, on this day in wrestling history in 1996... Two huge moments happened head-to-head uh, -head in the Monday Night War. All right. Uh, on Nitro, this was the first appearance of Sting in the Crow gimmick. With his not-quite-long hair yet, or... With his... 
No, okay, so with his not quite long hair yet, with not even the quite fully face painted, he still had like what would be considered as like the normal sting design of face paint, but it was all white. He was wearing the long duster and he was wearing the black shirt and the black pants. Okay. Yep. Kind of like an in-between, not fully cooked crow sting. Yes. But like I said, this was, you know, your OG appearance. And he would still kind of have this look to it for a little bit. This was even before, like, they went, like, full crow with, like, the black under the eyes and everything like that. It was just white sting face paint, as we normally knew, where you could see, like, the outline of his mouth and everything. And he came out, he attacked NWO sting, uh, and then left. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, for whatever reason, I was very much invested in the, the, the storyline of Crow Sting, you know, the NWO and Crow Sting and the build up to Starcade that didn't really deliver that well, that, that was maybe my favorite era of WCW. And I don't know if that says much. Well, you have to keep in mind. So it was about a month ago from this episode of Nitro where he cuts his last promo. Mm-hmm. So he has not appeared on Nitro in a month. He shows up like this, and then it's within the next couple of weeks where he ends up in the rafters. So this doesn't get a payoff until another 14 months from now. Yeah. And th- and that's when he beat Hogan, right, at Starcade. That's when he beat Hogan at Starcade, right. Now, I'll say I was intrigued by all of this, but when it got to a point, I would say, oh, my goodness. Let me try to think. So it wouldn't be this upcoming Super Brawl, which would be February of... 90 so no february of 96 is when like stick so stick uh macho man joins him shortly because if you remember that brief period of time where it was sting and macho man in the rafters oh i don't i do not remember macho man in the rafters at all yeah so it was a brief point a brief period of time and then by super brawl time which is february macho man ends up abandoning sting and joining the nwo which they say because, like, they used uh, Miss Elizabeth as a bargaining chip to get Macho Man to side with them. Okay. Then I think maybe it's sometime over the summer where it just felt as though it was really going nowhere. It felt as though it was, like, the same six sting bits over and over and over again. Yeah, and like, I'm like have okay, him repel in with the baseball bat and murder 27 members of the NWO single-handedly. Yeah, or... <laughs> He repels in and it's like, folks, we're out of time. Or he repels in and it's a fake sting. Or, you know, there was just like the six little bits that they would just kind of do over and over and over again. And I'm like, okay, we need something new. We need some sort of movement on this storyline. I get that they were waiting to go to Starcade. And then there's like another bit where J.J. Dillon, like toward the end, we're talking maybe like almost a full year into it. Where J.J. Dillon's like, I know you want a piece of the NWO, and I know you want a match with them, and I'm going to give you a match with a member of the NWO, and it's going to be Brian Adams. (laughs) And Sting just looks around at the crowd, and the crowd is chanting Hogan, and J.J. Dillon does this huge over-the-top, like, rubbing his chin, like, "Huh, huh, I wonder why he doesn't want Brian Adams. Are the the fans saying something? What's going on here? And then Sting, like, points the bat at the fans as the fans are chanting Hogan. And JJ's still rubbing his chin. And I'm like, (laughs) guys, we don't have an out on this, do we? Like, it's very clear where this needed to go. But 
you know, this is the beginnings of it. You know, um, twenty five years ago, this uh, this this day, J.J. Dillon went to the G.G. Dolan School of Acting. My goodness. <laughs> I wonder if they're related. No, they spell and pronounce their names completely differently. <laughs> but also, over on the other channel, Bret Hart made his first appearance on World Wrestling Entertainment Television since WrestleMania 12. And this is when he announces that he is staying with the World Wrestling Entertainment, signing a 20-year deal with them. And this is him issuing the challenge to take on Stone Cold at Survivor Series. And everything worked out okay in the end. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and obviously, when it came down to it, I was always more of a raw guy because Nitro had the replay and stuff. So I would catch the replay of Nitro. I'd always watch Raw live and flip back and forth and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget when Brett makes that comment. You know, they've told us, uh, in recent years that Vince didn't know uh, what way Brett was going to go until they were in the ring, you know, until they were out on TV. And mm-hmm. Brett says that he's going to stay in the World Wrestling Federation. And you get that shot of Vince and he's like, all right. And he like, you know what I mean? He claps. And I have to call bullshit on that. It's like, so you have a guy who's this huge bargaining chip in the middle of a Monday night war. And you're going to let him go out live with a microphone on your TV show without knowing for sure which company he's going to go with. Yeah, that the for for a man who's as controlling as uh, Mr. McMahon, that doesn't sound very, very much like. <laughs> Imagine it happens the way that we've been led to believe. And Brett goes, this is my last appearance. Uh, I'm going to the WCW. I uh, hear they got a, a, a jam up show over there. <laughs> you know, like, and then like, then, uh, then at that point, do we get the Mr. McMahon character where he's like, cut the mic, cut the mic, damn it. You know, like the real Vince comes out a year plus early. Yeah. And uh, so I, I guess just based on timeline, like mania is around April. So he was probably out like six months or so, seven months, uh, seven months. He had done some of the overseas tours, I guess. Um, maybe like a tour of Germany and a tour of Kuwait. And it was over on those shows where he wrestled Austin, uh, you know, amongst other people, but he had a bunch of mass matches with Austin. And that's why, like, cause you know, even a couple of weeks beforehand, cause, and, this, and so there's the other thing. Um, they had to have known Brett was somewhat going to come back because for at least two or three weeks prior, Austin was on TV cutting promos on Brett Hart. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, if Brett ends up going to the other station, you could say Austin's the one who chased him away. But unless you're pretty sure Brett's going to come, you know, you're wasting a lot of time on TV. But then again, this is the same company that built weeks building up Mr. Perfect's in-ring return and that he would leave to go to WCW shortly after this anyway. (laughs) So maybe they didn't know Brett was going to sign and Brett was going to cut a promo on WCW on this day, wrestling history on Raw 25 years ago. Yep, it was all a shoot. Now, also on this day in wrestling history in 2002, I would have to say maybe one of the most notorious and infamous in a bad way moments uh, in World Wrestling Entertainment history. I think if you're making like a bad place Hall of Fame, shout out to the final wrestling place boys Mm -hmm. of Monday Night Raw moments. This is in your top three, if not your number one with a bullet. And this is the Triple H Katie Vick skit. (laughs) 
This is so infamous, Joe, that just last week during the Escape the Undertaker thing, I made a Katie Vick reference. And I have a very small Rolodex of wrestling references to make, and this came out. (laughs) Now, you could point to, you know, a lot of folks saying like, oh, it was the bio to WCW, and it was the closure of ECW um, that made a lot of fans go away. I, I could make an argument that probably... You know, if I grab some ratings record, you could probably see a, a ratings decline based on this moment. Mm. Can you uh, imagine something like this in the age of Twitter? <laughs> I don't know. I think in the age of Twitter, that and it was and, and caveat, it was anyone else other than Triple H. Mm-hmm. In the age of Twitter, anyone else other than Triple H, this becomes like a meme-worthy moment. This becomes a Tony D'Angelo or a big meaty men slapping meat or something like that. Um, if it is triple H, this is WWE trying to orchestrate this to be a Nia Jax, my whole Twitter sensation. Remember that when Maya Jax said my whole and WWE tried to make a thing of it. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if the t-shirt ever came out. We still quote it to this very day. Oh yes. It's, it's just in our lexicon, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So I, I would say that you have three equally important this day in history moments there. Like three is, you know, just all memorable. A memorable in their own ways and shapes and forms. And, you know, obviously as we're talking about this 25 years ago, 19 years ago, whatever. But, like, just look at how much wrestling changed in that, like, six-year period right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, it, does, it does seem like completely different eras. Yes, you know? So let's get into what we liked and didn't like from the last seven days in the world of professional wrestling, Adam. All right. I will start things off with a like. And I actually just watched this yesterday. I needed a palate cleanser for something that I forced us to watch. Uh, But uh, I watched Rampage buy-in. And my first like is the match between the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, and Minoru Suzuki. And obviously, I'm a huge Japanese wrestling fan, so I'm very familiar with with Minoru's work. And this match consisted of pretty much everything you can ask for. A lot of back and forth, just knocking the shit out of each other, slapping the shit out of each other. I love the fact that it would get to the point where Danielson would get uppercutted and he sold it like he was legit knocked out. Tons of great chain wrestling submission attempts that I I was not bored by. And there was a great line from Taz on commentary, because obviously this is running against SmackDown on YouTube. And Taz says, if you're watching TV and not this match on YouTube, you have to be dumber than a box of rocks, which is a great line. But really good match, worth checking out. Like, I don't make it a point to go and look for the extra content that's on YouTube. But this one I just felt would be, like, special, and it fully delivered. So really good match and my first like. Yeah, this is my like as well. Um, I was recording uh, Longbox Heroes Patreon stuff as this was going on live. But this was maybe one of the most anticipated matches in recent history. Uh, I definitely do my best try not to put in my likes and dislikes announcements of matches. Mm -hmm. It does happen from time to time. You know, if you remember a month or so ago, the announcement of Dom taking on Minoru Suzuki at the Time Bomb Pro Show, which is airing as we speak. Uh, That was in my announcements because Dom's a friend and this is a huge deal for him. Uh, You know, I've met Danielson once or twice. I've never met Minoru Suzuki, but I was excited for this match. And this match absolutely delivered. 
Uh, it was awesome. I'm glad you took the time to watch it. Did you watch the entire buy-in to watch the uh, Tay Conti match as well, or did you just did you just watch the uh, Danielson match? You think I would put a program on that has Tay Conti, the face of women's wrestling? The face? The face, and not watch that match. I, Of course I watched that match. I do not believe I watched anything else, because I know that, like, a good solid third of the show was, you know, here's what's coming up on Rampage later on. And if there sure. was another match, I don't remember what it was. So I must have skipped it. Yeah, I can't remember what it was either. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, but I, I definitely I, I watched the Take Conti match. So uh, that's one of my likes. Um, let me see. Where am I going to go from here? Um, so let's say I'm going to go with another like of mine as well. All right. And this two weeks in a row that this person gets favorable treatment on this show. But that's quite all right because it's someone who I consider a friend. CM and Punk? No, come on. <laughs> actually, so uh, not to tip my hand, but uh, that may come up in my dislikes. But we'll we'll get into that. All right. Um, so this week, um, friend of the show, I would say friend of ours, and we are definitely Team Bix. Uh, put out an article through We Are Mel, uh, researching and detailing information that in the 60s, the United States government was actually tracking and actively trying to deport Pat Patterson for being a closeted homosexual. Oh, Jesus. So Bix is a researcher second to none. Um, <laughs> you know, if you did something... Uh, and you don't want it find out found out in the world of professional wrestling, Bix is going to find it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, whether he tells everyone is another story, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I love Bix, but, you know. I, I um, think he's like he's like Batman. He has a file on how to take everybody yes, down. <laughs> yes. Bix and his Tower of Babel, which, you know, uh, <laughs> he shares with other folks, uh, keeps them out of that special room where he has the files on everyone just in case. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have my much, much, much lower rent version of all the screen caps of everyone on my phone. Yeah. But, uh, so this article ends up blowing. So Bix, uh, has been, and he kind of detailed this a little bit. We'll, we'll get into it. Um, he will go and look at old newspaper reports and try to get tax filings and stuff just to find out like what a certain wrestler was making in a certain territory at a certain time, just for kind of like a frame of reference. And he had given this example. He went and pulled tax re records on gentleman, Chris Adams in 1984 to show as an example of what someone who is a top heel in a top territory world-class would be making in 1984, you know, just to kind of put it into perspective of today's dates. Right. Absolutely. So in doing that sort of research, you know, he finds this little thread in regards to Pat Patterson and then starts digging and digging and digging. And through all of this, the article blows up and he ends up on the Gerald Briscoe and JBL podcast to talk about it. Um, now, we live in a world of 2021 where everyone's like, oh, man, you know, Danielson shows up in AEW or Punk shows up or we're getting all these dream matches. Uh, if I'm making a list of things that I never thought would happen to the world of professional wrestling 2021, it would be Bix and JBL being on a podcast together <laughs> and JBL like plugging Bix's shit and saying like, oh, go listen to Between the Sheets, you know, Bix's podcast. Yeah. It's a crazy <laughs> world that we live in, but it, it's it's great to see someone like Bix who does a lot of hard work 
um, get the sort of recognition, publicity, and so on for what he does out there. And like I said, complete transparency. I consider Bix a friend. Uh, But this was really awesome. I I was really proud of him doing the research. I'm proud of all the articles that he does because, like I said, there's no one who does things more thoroughly. And again, I'll just throw one more out there. Mm -hmm. He was looking up stuff on a Mel Phillips case. And I think we've mentioned Mel Phillips once or twice. But if you know 80s WWF, then you know who Mel Phillips is. Where Bix is like, well, they opened up this court case to me. But they only gave me X amount of pages. And I know the court case is like 300 and some odd pages. So I really can't go forward until I have all the pages on this. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Like, if it was me, I'd be like, oh, no, this is enough. I can figure it out from here. Yeah, I got Uh, the gist. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I got the gist of it, you know? Yeah. Uh, But kudos to him. If you haven't read the article, I'll do my best to put it in the show notes to really check it out. Just to kind of go and the, 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 you know, the, the, the fishbone of the story is that this was in the time like 50s into the 60s where the government was trying to out people that they considered commies. Right. Yeah. And they would have like the black list and the red list. And there was actually something that was tied into it called the lavender list where they were trying to out like celebrities who were closeted homosexuals and trying to find dirt on them. And the dirt that they were trying to find on Pat was whether or not he was uh, a citizen or not. And obviously he wasn't, you know, uh, he was a a Canadian citizen in the United States working. So, you know, obviously bouncing around the territory system and, you know, uh, it's a very interesting article to see the lengths in which uh, the United States government would go to, to do something like this. Yeah. But just to kind of put my spin on it, like, obviously, you're good friends with Bix. I, I know him from just following him on Twitter, you know, and yes. occasionally listening to Between the Sheets when you're on there, friends of the show are on there. And I'm always impressed with just the level of like meticulous detail and just his tweets alone. You know, like, uh, obviously, there's some shit talk tweets here and there. But for the most part, his tweets are composed with the like, probably the dedication that a lot of the articles are are composed if that makes sense you know yes plus, plus the guy never sleeps like i'll, I'll be going to bed <laughs> at like five o'clock in the morning and he'll, he'll be tweeting about you know a, a freedom of information request that he made you know it's like I, I don't know what he does there but uh kudos to him i'm glad to see that he's getting some uh some extra exposure there I wouldn't say that he never sleeps. I definitely think uh, that he does sleep very different hours than the rest of us. Okay. <laughs> because as he's tweeting stuff out at like 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning and like some big news story hits around like 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, everyone's like, God damn it, this is a terrible time for Bix to be sleeping, you know? <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Cool. Well, again, good for him. Congrats. I'm going to go ahead and do a like. And I'm going to stick with AEW. I don't really remember what show it was on. It was no. on something. It was on something that happened since the last time we recorded. My my AEW shows are all out of whack, Joe. I don't know what days anything's on. Nothing makes sense anymore. You have e- YouTube shows and Dynamite's on the wrong night. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. But anyways, on one of the recent AEW shows, there was a match between Wheeler Yuta and John Moxley. And it was basically just a squash of Wheeler Yuta. And I'm not, it's not in my likes because of that, even though I still am bitter with Wheeler Yuta for having that hour long draw. Uh, But the reason why this is in my likes is Orange Cassidy comes in to check on him. And you see a little bit of emotion out of OC that you don't normally see, almost like he's kind of pissed off at Moxley. So this, Uh this immediately puts like, 
some thoughts in my head that are we going to get Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley in the near future? So right there on that notion alone, that could have been in my likes. But they announced shortly thereafter the world title eliminator tournament. And on one side of the bracket, you have Moxley versus 10. And the winner of that match will face the winner of Powerhouse Hobbs and Orange Cassidy. So conceivably, we are most likely going to get John Moxley versus Orange Cassidy in the next round. Uh, and that right there is awesome. And also on the other side of the bracket, it lines up that we could get Danielson versus Kingston. So a lot of things right there that like I'm just very much excited to see that all spun out of you to getting squashed. Okay, I'll give it to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was good. Um, obviously, I think even maybe as a bigger thing, and a lot of folks have been t- uh, 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 talking about it, that this may be the beginning of like a subtle heel turn by um, uh, Moxley. And I think if you have Moxley against Orange Cassidy, and even if you just have Moxley work like subtle heel as opposed to like actual heel, that's mm. going to be your uh, your full fledged heel turn for uh, John Moxley. Okay. Yeah, whether he turns heel or not, I mean, I still want to see the match. Mm-hmm. Fine, Joe. I guess you're not a fan of Danielson versus Eddie Kingston. Let the, just you spoke that into a microphone. Everybody heard it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think anyone heard that, but uh, I, I get what you're saying. It was implied or inferred or something like that. Sure, sure. You know, let's go one step at a time and say I'm I'm excited for Danielson versus Dustin Rhodes as well, you know? Yeah, eh, I could take that or leave it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm sure Danielson could uh, can drag Dustin to a, a decent match. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm making DJ very angry with that statement. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, let me go with a dislike, right? Okay. And it's a dislike that has since been corrected to corrected, but it's on my list. And the fact that it happened, we have to talk about it, right? Yeah. Uh, so earlier in this week, uh, AEW uh, announced that for Breast Cancer Awareness Month, they were going to be selling a pink AEW shirt, and the proceeds of which were going to be going to the Susan G. Komen Foundation. Okay. So far, oh, all right. Okay. Uh, so this, I guess, is maybe one of the negatives or positives to, you know, never deleting your tweets or never cleaning that sort of thing up or what have you. Because uh, almost five ye- or six years to the day, everyone dug up this tweet from CM Punk. If you're going to give money to a company that claims to raise money for finding a cure for cancer, please do some research. Komen is a scam. So uh, CM Punk tweeted that six years ago, almost to the day of AEW announcing this. And everyone, everyone reminded Punk of this. And uh, he said, I'm working on it. So then later on that day, it just became that the money was going to be donated to uh, a a charity, an unnamed charity. Mm -hmm. Then just today, uh, it was going to be the Breast Cancer Research Foundation. Um, And instead of a shirt, 
it was going to be for this upcoming Saturday's uh, AEW Dynamite. If you donate $40, uh, you get two tickets to the event. Okay. So I'm glad. So I don't know why. And I think uh, one of the companies that I used to work for many, many, many moons ago, oh, well over 20 years ago, uh, did a lot of work with the Susan G. Komen Foundation at the time. I don't think, you know, we're talking like 1999, 2000. I don't think that you could easily look up online about, you know, where a lot of that money from that charity allegedly goes to. But the fact that someone in AEW, Punk, was so vocal in regards to their feelings in regards to this made me wonder why the community outreach team in AEW just decided to stop on them. And I, uh, Coleman, and I'm assuming it's probably because when you do a Google search of breast cancer awareness charities, they're probably the first ones that come up. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am glad that AEW did pivot and quickly pivot to write that ship. And I'll also just say this as a side note. Um, Whenever you are going to do something for a charity and it's like through a second party or a third party or whatever it is, do your own research as a person, as a consumer, as a whomever, because you could just cut out the middleman and donate the money that would be going there yourself. And again, I don't want, you know, I don't want to say don't donate to breast cancer awareness, but you know, if you see someone that you're aligned with or your company or a friend or whomever say, well, I'm going to do this through Susan G. Komen, you know, maybe look into a better one. And, you know, when uh, Breast Cancer Research Foundation came up, uh, I made sure to look into their information about them just to make sure that they are positively rated. And they they are. They seem to be a much better company. And hopefully this kind of helps turn the tide a little bit for uh, wrestling promotions or people doing a little bit better with whatever charitable charitable interests uh, they're getting themselves involved with. Um, See, I, I think okay. I think I remember a couple months ago when it was announced that they were doing the John Huber Foundation thing. And it's like, oh, buy this shirt and the proceeds, the proceeds of it will go to the foundation. Yeah. And again, not a knock on the shirt, not a knock on John or his family or anything else like that. But once the time comes in January, I'm just going to cut out the middleman of whatever I was going to spend on the shirt. I was just going to donate directly, you know, yeah. cutting out like I get having the shirt would be a nice way to support things. But I think having the full amount of money would be an even better way. Yeah. What I was going to say is I didn't know that there was negative uh, implications towards Susan G. Komen. Um, so that's news to me. I didn't do a uh, didn't do a journalism on that. But would you say that it is safe to say that thanks to Phil from Chicago, CM Punk? Absolutely. Um, this this is all happening. So look at you. I Listen, was right. this, is, this is the of all the other things, Bix and JBL being Twitter friends and CM Punk actively doing things to get me not to hate him. <laughs> uh, these are things that I never thought would happen in the world, let alone this year together. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty shocking. Pretty shocking. All right. Well, here's the thing, Joe. When I was watching all my wrestling this week, uh, you know, I, I did my typical fast forward through Raw, fast forward through SmackDown, watched as much AEW as I can find, you know, watched Impact, 
watched the show homework, and I found myself last night with a bunch of different potential likes and a big blank space for my dislikes. And I said, you know what? There was really nothing on Raw or SmackDown or AEW that I really cared enough to put in my dislikes. So I wrote down for dislike number one, something from Crown Jewel. As I was like, oh, I'm sure... I'm sure something will come up that, that'll piss me off the, from Crown Jewel. Even though I had no intention of watching it, people tell me it happened today, but I have to believe them. And then in the other dislike, I was like, well, you know what? I'll just write down something else from Crown Jewel. And again, I did not watch the show, Joe, but I followed some stuff on Twitter and I saw some reactions. And wouldn't you know, there's enough things to that happened at Crown Jewel, allegedly, because again, I didn't see it that could very easily fill up these dislikes and many other, uh, including but not limited to the fact we have like 70-year-old Bill Goldberg defeating top guy Bobby Lashley. We have Zelina Vega winning the Queen's crown in a country that had a hand in 9-11. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a bad connection there that I won't go into. And the fact that Xavier Woods had like a banger of a match, allegedly, with Finn Balor to win the King of the Ring something that he's wanted for like his entire wrestling career. And I'm never going to see it. I'm sure I'll see highlights out the wazoo because all WWE does is show highlights and replay and redo the same matches over and over again. But there's a lot of like head scratching things that happened on that show and some good matches. Like I, I even hear that allegedly Brock Lesnar wrestled Roman Reigns. I'd love to see that match, but apparently I never will because it happened on crown jewel. So there's so much that went wrong and some things that I guess went right, but they all came out of this this terrible show that should have never happened. And uh, it filled up both my columns of dislikes, Joe. All right. Well, uh, I will say this. Uh, I did see it was reported as we're recording this uh, that the WWE, WWE talent plane did leave Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that's another now, thing. Whether or not everyone was on that plane and where that plane is going are still questions that li- leave to be answered, but at least that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you have one more like left, yes? No, I had uh, the the Mox OC thing. And oh, Danielson yes. So you're too. done. I'm done. Collapsible okay. seg. So let me do my last dislike, if I can, right? Sure. And this is going to be the blanket statement of bad takes. What did I say? No, no. And it's not anything that Ed said either, surprisingly. <laughs> um, but, and I'll, you know what? And that's the thing. As I was uh, discussing this on social media over the weekend, um, I thought to myself, I'm like, well, who am I? Like, we've been doing this podcast for 161 episodes, you know, a, a hair over three years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we could look at our social media followings and interactions and so on and so forth. And, you know, who were we? Um, but I don't know if you saw Saturday, there was a podcast out of Ireland called Low Blows. Mm, not ringing a bell. Okay. That decided, uh, to point out some out of context clips from the Danielson Minoru Suzuki match this past weekend, citing that Br- Bryce Remsburg oh. was attempting to steal heat from the performers in the match. Okay. Yep. I saw Bryce's reaction. I'll leave that to you, but I saw that. 
but I didn't know what what brought it up. So this very much feels like, and you see this happen more often than not, uh, you see someone with maybe not a huge social media presence decide to put some sort of severely bad take out there in the hopes to get some sort of response, some sort of credibility, some sort of interaction, some sort of something. And I'll give them kudos here that this particular tweet did get quite a bit. Now, granted, uh, to no surprise, uh, I would say almost emphatically everyone told them that they were wrong. Now, they did claim, the people who run this account claim, that they were now canceled because of this. And that they were now getting death threats as well. Bullshit. (laughs) Now, again, I'll say open up your DMs because I looked at the responses and I saw nothing of the sort. Um, But I will say this, and look at these metrics, I will say. Since this has gone down, uh, you know, less than seven days of this recording, uh, you have lost followers on Twitter. You have gained no more... uh, reviews on iTunes, either positive or negative. That just goes to show you how much people (laughs) even care about what you're doing. And then as I look at you live tweeting things, whether it be Crown Jewel, whether it be the G1 Climax or whatever it is, I see your tweets getting zero activity. No likes, no comments, no nothing. So You tried, and you failed. I hope you go away. Hmm. Yeah, again, I'm I'm terrible at Twitter. I have no clout. I clout chase all the time, but it doesn't work. But even I know that, like, saying something shitty and just completely wrong, it's not going to gain you followers. It's not like people are going to say, oh, look at this tweet that has, you know, 10,000, quote, retweets. This must be an account that I should follow. So I'm going to go ahead and follow. Like they feel like, oh, no, like there's no such thing as bad publicity. Like they're just going to get the rub from having a tweet that goes viral or gets all that kind of uh, attention. When at the end of the day, you know, as a wrestling community and just decent people community, you're going to, you know, you're going to look at this person, this this account. And you're going to be like, all right, you're, you don't fucking know anything. And then a week later, they're going to slink back down to irrelevancy, you know. So uh, it sucks that they said that about uh, about, about Bryce. I could not disagree with them more, you know, uh, but at the end of the day, they're just nobodies and they're gone. So, but uh, I love Bryce's response. Like, have you ever seen an umpire call balls and strikes from a dugout, you know, like to paraphrase, but yeah, we're, we may be, we're team Bix and we're team Bryce on this show. We're all team B's team Uh, (laughs) boy. Okay. Ever. Yeah. Anyone that begins with a B. Let's uh, <laughs> kind of write that in pencil just to say maybe that we're just, team you. Just in case, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll say this, you know, and this is my own personal whatever. Uh, I have learned uh, when someone does something like that negative to you, um, it's usually best not to reply. It's definitely not good to quote tweet them. Uh, but again, Bryce is going to do what he's going to do. And to quote The Simpsons, uh, you tried and you failed. The lesson of the story is never try. <laughs> yep. No, I agree with that. So that's it for uh, likes and dislikes, huh? Yeah, that's all I have for him. 
So I guess now is as any now is as good as any time as to get into the homework. 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 It's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. Home, home, homework. Homework. It's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. That's right, Joe. I assigned you free the narrative which was available on YouTube, uh, weighing in at a, an hour and 27 minutes, but uh, it felt much, 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 much longer. And I, I know I say this every once in a while when I assign something bad, that I feel like I crossed a line every once in a while, like, oh man, I went too far. And, and I say that a lot, but I feel like this might have been my my worst of offenses. But again, this is something I assigned to you, so I'll, I'll turn it over to you. And for the very little bits of it that my brain retained, I will chime in. So I take copious notes on everything that I watch these days. Mm. And I also watch with the subtitles on because it helps me focus on things. And just in case there's something that's maybe a bit jarbled uh, or whatever. Uh, I like to have like the backup of subtitling on stuff. Now I, I will uh, I demand is a strong word, Adam, uh, but not to me, but I would like you to apologize to our listeners for assigning this <laughs> publicly. Uh, you know what? I will say uh, that aside from the main event, I apologize for making everybody watch the rest of the show. And we'll talk about the main event in a little bit. I think the main event was fine. But, uh, yeah, I do publicly apologize for assigning this show homework. So let me read to you, uh, Adam and listeners, the description in the uh, YouTube for this. <laughs> uh, now, also, I want to mention, you could also go check out our friend Kevin's um, website, masklibrary.com. Whenever we assign homework, he always does a write-up of these things. And uh, I'm sure Kevin has no problem in me saying this publicly. Uh, but this weekend, uh, for New York Championship Wrestling, he makes his uh, debut as their ring announcer. Oh, nice. Congratulations. Yes. So congratulations to him. Uh, speak clearly, not loudly, and uh, enunciate, enunciate, enunciate. Hmm. I might go so, heck. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Spend your Saturday going to beautiful upstate New York to do just that. <laughs> So, a unique professional wrestling and cinematic experience based on EC3's Control Your Narrative movement. We'll come back to that. FTN features a gritty, realistic, physical blend of wrestling with in-depth character development and storytelling. We'll also come back to that. Step inside the narrative as Matt Cardona accepts EC3's challenge for a fight. In quotes, not a fight based on money or titles, but based on personal pride and a pursuit of purpose. Uh, in addition to this match, FTN hosts five unsanctioned fights where the only way to win is by tap out, knockout or the inability to continue. Uh, featuring talent from all major quote unquote three letter wrestling brands. 
watch as these combatants have unimpeded freedom from their respective offices and creative teams. Every participant acts on their own accord, breaking the chains of their corporate wrestling personas in an expose uh, to their respective realities. Um, And then it says... Hang on. Then it says, tune in to support these wrestlers, creative freedom and storytelling in wrestling, and stick around for a huge extended ending. (laughs) So uh, I get what they're going for here. Um, But I want to say with what they were going from here, let's start from a technical aspect before I get into all the other stuff that I'm like, we'll get back to this. We'll get back to this. Yeah. So from a technical aspect, this is almost unwatchable. <laughs> um, as though you get clips of matches um, and the clips are edited poorly, uh, shot from a giant light. Like uh, many of the shots are shot with a giant light in the background that completely washes everything out. Mm. Um, again, making things unwatchable. They... EC3 and the narrator, whose name I forget, but the narrator, there's no commentary on this. There's the narrator. The narrator who says the most amount of nothing and says, or the most amount of words and says nothing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, this was their project. This was their baby. They're the ones that did the edit and they're the ones that tried to do this whole thing as like a cinematic piece. Um, But the problem with this is if you're going to do it so cinematic like this, you have to shoot and edit these matches in a way that makes them a little bit more cinematic. And I feel that they ended up doing that more so with the main event, which was EC3 versus Broski. Obviously, of course, the guy who's running the whole thing and financing things is going to have his match be the one that kind of gets his quote unquote narrative over the most, whereas everyone else is going to be weirdly edited weirdly chopped up use angles where like people's moves look like shit or uh people's strikes look terrible in like the case of the moose versus matt seidel match um there's one part in the ec3 versus broski match where i couldn't tell you what ec3's finisher is supposed to be but it kind of looked like him and broski fell down (laughs) and that was supposed to be the turnaround for when he becomes psycho boy and they don't do a real lot about establishing who or what Psycho Boy is. And I get that this is supposed to be a multi-part narrative. But by having the Broski EC3 match, plus five other matches with all these other compare competitors, for the most part, that are relatively unknowns to the people that are watching this, um, you're not giving any of these new characters that you're letting them do... Um, kind of shine through because nobody's really getting an opportunity, there's that word again, to establish who these characters are. I say they put a lot of stock into Paro, but other than that, that's really it. And the fact that they say all of these people get to do the thing they want to do, how different is what Moose did in this than what he does in Impact? How different is what Matt Seidel is doing here uh, what he was doing at the time when this was filmed, which was sometime in April or May, and we'll get into the filming and the production of this year as well, the the who's and the where's. Um, 
But like I th- of all the pieces that we got on the people, I thought the John Schuyler one was the most effective because it wasn't in that building. It wasn't all washed out. It wasn't overproduced. It was a guy in his car talking into a camera. Mm. And when he was speaking, that felt like him. Everybody else felt rehearsed and forced. And I think the the Bill Carr, the William one, and we're not going to go by a match-by-match thing. No. This really isn't matches. It's just like a, a mess. It's overall a mess yeah. is what this is. Um, <laughs> like the Bill Carr one, he has a couple points that he mentions like three times. And they were like really unimportant points. And I'm like, we could have trimmed that up in the editing. And instead of having a total of six matches spread out over the course of an hour 27, plus promos, plus all this other stuff, maybe do a total of four matches and give stuff more time to breathe, right? Yeah. And they set stuff up like, for example, they did a bit with, um, who the hell was it? It was Jake Logan. Where he has this now, okay. So this is the other thing. Uh, there's a wrestling product. It's an hour twenty-three, or it's an hour twenty-seven. We don't get our first wrestling in this until thirteen minutes in. The rest is just all EC3 bullshit. And yeah. sadly, that's what it is. <laughs> he literally has like a twelve-minute stare at the camera promo yes. where he's he's just basically ripping off lines from Fight Club. You know, it's, okay. it's what it sounds like. So that's my other overall review for this. This is uh, free the narrative, whatever this is, is what stupid people think being smart and deep is. <laughs> um, I enjoyed uh, EC3 as Derek Bateman on NXT. Uh, I thought he was a funny guy when he got a chance to show like personality. I thought he was great in Impact as the EC3 character, all that stuff that built up there. Uh, obviously, he got a bit of a raw deal when he returned to World Wrestling Entertainment, and a lot of that is being taken out here. But I don't buy EC3 as whatever this character is. It comes off as forced. It comes off as phony. And when they were doing all the buildup and the hype to the stuff with his match with Broski, and they're showing the clips from when he invaded uh the live show you could you could see the look on hawkins face of just like (laughs) give me a fucking break on this (laughs) and if you're a listener to the major wrestling uh pod major wrestling figure podcast when this was coming up and being hyped and everything else at the time you could hear it in brian's voice that he was like okay whatever like give me a fucking break with this shit right yeah, well, I, I just want to say my best analogy is the, the look on Meyer's face is how I imagine the the look on your face is like when I try to, like, run an angle with another podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> it sure is. Um, but so the so the other thing is um, the East. So the control your narrative movement. Uh, Adam, how effective would you say the control your narrative movement is doing? Uh, well, aside, well, there a bunch of people had hoodies that said control your narrative on no, it. No, so. no, 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 no. I don't mean in the context of this world that EC3 has created. I mean in the real world. Oh, you like see how? lots of people talking about it. You see that hashtag all the time. 
Um, I would say that aside from the show homework and obviously the thousands of people that participated in watching it, uh, I'd say it's it's pretty much dead. <laughs> not okay, and they did just do part two and part two I haven't watched yet, and I I'm not going to. Um, but <laughs> we'll I, I don't think that this part of the narrative was effective. And you look at this video uh, on the Control Your Narrative YouTube page, and obviously this was a fully featured thing that you at one time had to pay money to watch, and God forgive you if you had to pay money to watch this. <laughs> um, but this has 12,000 views, right? Uh-huh. And there's a lot of videos on his site that top out at about 7,000 views. But there's also way more videos that barely break 1,000. Mm-hmm. So when you have well, when you have over twelve thousand subscribers to your channel, and you can't get a video to break a thousand views, I don't know. Maybe it's not working, right? Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is uh, in-depth character development and storytelling. And they say in this write-up that they they the other people involved in this get to tell the stories that they want to tell. Okay. But when you watch the credits of this, this was all written and produced by EC3 and the narrator. So this feels as though EC3 casting these ideas and these roles that he has in his head and going and finding people to play those roles. Not these are people It's like, I have this great idea that I want to do, but TNA, AEW, Ring of Honor won't let me do it. EC3, give me the platform to do this. And EC3's like, well, I have this whole very tightly put together narrative that I'm trying to tell. And what luck, this completely unrelated story that you want to tell fits seamlessly into it. I don't (laughs) think that's what happened with this. I feel as though for a guy who talks about breaking control and doing your own thing, this feels very much to be the product of two people, EC3 and the narrator. Yeah, like maybe he was like sitting down and he's like, I need like a giant muscle bound idiot who's like kind of a shitty person. Who can I cast for that? Oh, you know what? Moose would be perfect for that. I thought oh, you were yeah. gonna say I thought you were gonna say broski. Oh no, 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 never. <laughs> so and this is another thing that I want to mention uh, about the credits on this and so forth. Now, obviously, the way that this was filmed and it was washed out um, and the lighting was bad and the editing was somewhat worse. And I know there were people that claim in part two, it's much better. Like I said, I'll never know. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. <laughs> did you by any chance see uh, where this was filmed? I did not care to look that deep, but now go okay. ahead. I assume it's in Florida. Okay. So this was filmed at a place uh, called the Pro Wrestling 2.0 Training Center in Orlando, Florida. Okay. You might know the Pro Wrestling 2.0 Training Center better as the Chase and Rance building where he trains professional wrestling. All right. Yep. Uh, So there's that. Yeah. Secondly, if you look into the thanks at the end, there was a special thanks. And, of course, Major Wrestling Podcast gets a thanks. Poor Chelsea gets a a thanks. All that sort of things gets a a, a thanks. Well, uh, one of the other people that get a thanks is uh, Marty Skrull. (laughs) So 
give you an idea of the sort of people that EC3 is associating with. And, you know, obviously Adam had mentioned in regards to Moose, um, you know, outside of not being a great wrestler, uh, Moose also has, you know, a criminal record in regards to uh, beating up his girlfriend at the time. Um, you know, he's on, uh, you know, he has a criminal record for it. You can go look it up. It's very easy to find. And when you go to the the, the Pro Wrestling 2.0 website, um, it doesn't give you a lot of information about who the trainers are. Hmm. Um, but that's who it is. It's a, it's a company that has changed their name many a time to try to stay ahead of things. So, I don't know. Just, uh... I, I can't say to EC3 do better because I definitely think I'm almost certain that EC3 is very right-leaning. And I know that during the pandemic, he had appeared on a show somewhere. And um, I don't want to say that he was forcing. That's a strong word. But he definitely was attempting to pressure people not to wear masks around him for meet and greets. Mm. So, again, these are all things to take into consideration when you're judging the type of people and the type of product and the type of everything that you're going to support. Yeah. So, obviously, there's no need to even talk about any of the individual matches. Uh, if you want to just kind of talk about the main event, that was really the only thing that I had any uh, any desire to watch going into this. And I, I will say, before we do anything, the entire show you mentioned being in a dim-lit arena, terrible lighting, the cameraman being inside the ring for most of it. Uh, but why were they all wrestling on Postal Peanuts? Like, they realize how impossible that stuff is to get rid of. It was, like, attached to everybody. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, all right, let's just go ahead to the main event. I want to save you the the torture of talking about the rest of the show. Uh the production was great. Uh, the whole thing was very corny, though. The fact that on the way out of his house, next to his door, Broski has a kendo stick. <laughs> I, who doesn't? Yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> um, I did like that uh, dude got a cameo in there. I hope he got a payday out of it. <laughs> um, I will tell you, Joe, for the last uh, 24 hours, I've been humming the Ghostbusters theme and then going, Cardona! <laughs> And again, I don't know how I felt about the Broski, Star Wars, Hulk Hogan, American Made, Ghostbusters mashup theme that played over that segment. <laughs> uh, but apparently you could buy that. On, it's on Spotify and I, iTunes and any place that you get music. Mm, see, I'm a physical guy. Wanna do. I'm a physical disc kind of guy. So if it's on CD, I'll buy it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Like, is it, uh, the only other part of the match that, like, really meant, like, because it's so difficult to say, like, oh, I enjoyed the match or whatever it was, because it was clips of a match set yeah. to bad lighting and bad music with a guy talking over it. The only part that I liked, and, again, a continuity thing, of course, when they're fighting on the outside and they do the bit where Broski gets distracted by finding a box of action figures under the ring. <laughs> and EC3 says, uh, does my basic suck now? But uh, as the if toy nerd in me says, uh, those actually weren't basics. Those were the retro figures that they were using in that. So uh, anyway. 
There's uh, actually a line in the commentary, and I, I hesitate to use the word commentary. The narration. The narration. The narration. Yes. Yeah. And the comment, the narration is just so dull and bland, and it's just, as you said, the same thing said over and over again. But there was a line said at one point during the match, actually, uh, I, I don't remember where, but where the guy says, the momentum has changed, a comeback has been initiated. And I think you need to use that tomorrow at LVAC. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely will not. <laughs> but... I will say, you know, the match, obviously nothing to write home about. Uh, I enjoyed the mashup theme music for, for Broski. Uh, I even enjoyed the instrumental slash orchestral version of like Trouble, Trouble, Trouble that was like playing at the end. I thought that was like well done. But, you know, the only thing that we can take out of this whole thing is that they, the narrator says that Matt Cardone is the last true baby face. Like they murdered him at the end of it. And he was basically ascended to heaven at the end of it like it was somehow uh, a send-off but it was all very strange and uh you know obviously the 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 main event's the only thing that was worth watching as a broski fan but yeah it was rough to get through i i won't i i think it would be fine if i like the thought of assigning the second one just as a joke is funny but i do not want to watch the second one so it won't happen (laughs) yeah i ain't laughing yeah, <laughs> you can you can blame uh, the person who who messaged me and said that this was available. And he thanked me after last week for not exposing him. And I'm kind of tempted after having watched it uh, to to rat him out. But uh, I won't do it. But I'm sure you if you if I gave you like two guesses, you would guess who it was. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm sure I would. Yeah. But so right, there's no girl. pay-per-view this weekend, so it's my time to asso- assign something, right? I, I guess so. Okay. Uh, so this got delayed uh, because of Escape the Undertaker from last week. But uh, for next week, we will be watching night three only of 2012's Chikara King of Trios. Okay, the show in its entirety? The, the show... Part. So I will say the show in its entirety with this caveat... Um, there are, there are four, um, event centers that I'm going to include in the show notes that are more or less, uh, the introductions to the other teams, obviously to have you watch all three nights of this, um, would be a living nightmare for all people involved. Right. Yeah. So let me look at the card here. I need to have that open anyway. Um, so here's the issue with this. Um, I'm going to say you have to watch the whole thing. All of night three. All of night three. Okay, that's the, I thought you were about to say like, oh, like you have to watch night one, night two, no, night three. No, 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 no. Oh, you have that. to watch the four YouTube videos that just kind of like setting up all the teams that are in the tournament. Um, and then just all of night three, there's a Saturn Ophidian match, um, that technically is skippable, but, um, it, something funny happens in it that I'd like to talk about. There's a big 10 person comedy match on the show, okay. uh, featuring a lot of the Japanese talent, uh, then 3.0, now 2.0. Uh, Cabana, the Swamp Monster, Chuck Taylor, Drew Gulak, Orange Cassidy. Um, so, you know, 
you know, technically you could skip that, but I wouldn't recommend it because it's really good. Uh, there's a Joshi tag match uh, with some of the folks that were left over, including Minami Toyota from the previous two nights. Again, technically, if you want to skip it, you can, but it's a really good match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jigsaw takes on Tadasuke from uh, Osaka Pro in a singles match. Again, technically, you could skip it, but I wouldn't recommend it. And then the Tag Gauntlet, which is a giant disaster mess of 10 teams. But, uh, you know, <laughs> there's cool stuff that happens in it. So you have to watch all of night three. I'm, you know, I apologize. Okay. All right. And and just, again, my my years are, are fuzzy. This is in line with the Chikara that we have been watching, right? Kind Correct. Of like, okay. All right. Yeah, that's fine. I, I deserve a full show punishment after what I put you and the listeners through with uh, Maya homework. Mm-hmm. That is true. Punishment. <laughs> I make you watch good wrestling punishment. Uh, you make us watch whatever the fuck this was. <laughs> and I don't know. You get to try to pass the buck to someone else, you know? Fair enough. All right. Well, uh, so we have a little bit to discuss from uh, Dark Side of the Ring last week, which was about Luna Vachon. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, just an over, just, again, not much meat on the bone, just a couple things I learned. I'm sure a lot of stuff you knew, but go ahead. So, again, a lot of stuff that I knew, but it's always interesting to see how this stuff gets presented. Mm. Um, So, you forget that Luna was the first woman in an American wrestling game. She was in the, the Raw game that came out for the SNES and Genesis. Yeah, that, I didn't know that. That was awesome. It's, so I hope she got a couple good paydays off that. You know, I know in later years and not so much these days, but there was a time where like that video game check was a nice chunk of change, you know? Mm. Um, so by them putting her in the means they had like, plans for something with her. Um, and, you know, that roster would have been constructed sometime around like mid 90, you know, late 93, early 94 based on the roster and stuff. So, you know, they had plans for her, but it's crazy to see. Oh, other people online talked about how, um, you know, how this this season of uh, Dark Side of the Ring has been so depressing, right? I don't know. It's called Dark Side of the Ring for a reason. Yeah. Who can forget those those very memorable, just uplifting, you know, romps of the first two seasons? You know, those those good time episodes. (laughs) I think because whatever season it was had the UWF, the Herb Abrams UWF episode, which was like light comedy, essentially, (laughs) that there's really been no episode like that. And I know some people like XPW, which is airing as we speak, is comedy, but it ain't light comedy. It's porn stars and mafia hits and you know people attempting to legitimately kill each other um so it's not going to be it's not going to be depressing but it's definitely going to be not uplifting i guess yeah (laughs) i guess the fact that people were able to survive out of this is the uplifting part and uh rob black is currently doing an xpw revival i think this weekend uh highest recommendation to avoid that was a Silver Bullet first pick for the didn't like when that got announced a couple months ago. Uh, only like, the, the number of people that ended up still being involved with that show uh, that I'm disappointed with is, you know, less than five at this point. You know, it was much greater than that. A couple yeah, weeks. it's thinning out. 
I think the the most interesting thing for me that I didn't know about is the little story about Medusa claiming that she wanted to drop the women's title to uh, to Luna in Canada. And like Luna kind of saying, no, I don't want to do it. I, I thought that was an interesting story, whether it's true or not. Uh, caveat when it comes to Medusa, whether it's true or not, is another story. Let's let's get a second source on that. Sadly, Luna's passed, but there had to be other people at that house show that could confirm or deny that story. Yeah, I, I, that does kind of now you mentioned now that I said it out loud does sound like a very Hulk Hogan type thing. Like there's nobody to corroborate it, you know? <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, she met Luna at the doctor's office the day before she passed. They buried the hatchet, and they became best friends. And it's a shame that she died the next day. Yeah, signed MM. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad they did talk about her a bunch of time in ECW, which, while short-lived, was very memorable. Um, you know, the match that she had with Stevie Richards, of course. Um. To see her kind of, even like I said, for a brief amount of time and what ECW was in 1995 over that summer, um, you know, not a top two promotion, but definitely the number three promotion and her kind of get the moments as a competing star that she always wanted. Getting a chance to see some of those clips from Florida when she was Trudy as part of Kevin Sullivan's satanic, not satanic stable. Yeah. Is always so shocking to me uh, whenever I see that stuff because I never got Florida. I only read about Florida in the magazines uh, growing up, you know, and a lot of that stuff is out there of varying qualities. And if that's if, if I had more time on my hands, haha, I would love to do a deep dive of that era of Florida stuff because it's so crazy and so wild and so interesting. That's your next Patreon show right there. <sighs> <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. I yeah. well, again, if we if we did a Patreon, it would be me and you watching uh, championship wrestling from Florida from well, far don't back. Don't go dragging my name into this. I didn't say my Patreon. I said well, your Patreon. It's either me. It's either me and you or me and Todd. All right, so you and Todd. <laughs> and the only other thing I guess to put a, to wrap this up is just uh, once again more proof that the fabulous Moolah is just garbage. Yeah, touche. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like this one. I thought it was good, but, you know, unfortunately, Luna's, you know, been passed for quite some time. She wasn't on. And, and that's the other thing. She wasn't on or doing stuff or really noticeable during, like, the, the height of the Monday Night Wars. So, sadly, I think a lot of people have forgotten about her. And hopefully this makes some people remember her and, uh, you know, the impact that she had to women's wrestling uh, in the 80s and hopefully today. You know, I know there's a couple women's wrestlers uh going today that kind of cite luna as an inspiration so that's that's still really cool to see you know no absolutely uh as i mentioned of course xpw uh is this week uh and then next week is the world wrestling entertainment steroid trial which isn't if it isn't an eight hour uh episode should have been an entire season of dark side of the ring uh, I can't see what they're going to cover in 44 minutes of aired television for the WWE steroid trial, but I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, that, that should have definitely been a supersized episode. Like, obviously, you know, after all the shows air, we kind of get like the director's cuts that seem to add a couple more minutes to them. But this would have been something that, you know, would have bared be, at least being an hour and a half or but always something gets cut out on any of these. But for sure, might be more noticeable on that one. All right, Joe. A lot of people tuning in for just this segment alone, I feel. I think it's time to hit the music. 
It is time to announce all of the first round matchups of the 2021 gender neutral monarch of at odds wrestling sponsored by the benefactors. Now, Joe, last week, as I'm sure you remember, I announced eight competitors, but I did not announce who they would be facing. And uh, this week, we're going to fill in those gaps. And uh, after each one, I just want to kind of get your take on uh, you know, what that matchup looks like, you know, from a stylistic approach, from a head-to-head uh, facet. So are you ready to hear the rest of the competitors? So this is the fleshing out of that bracket, correct? Correct. I am going to give you every first round matchup. So this is like all eight matches will be announced right now and voting will begin tomorrow. So I'm not just going to say, oh, here's eight more names. And then, you know, you'll find out who's wrestling who later. I'm going to tell you who's fighting who in the first round. I'm excited. Let's go. All right. So starting in the top left of the bracket, I'm just going to rip this Band-Aid off right now because no matter what I do to the bore, I get accused of collusion. So we're going to start with him. And the boar will be facing in the first round a very formidable opponent, Erica Lee. This very much sounds like Dirty Pool, but I don't know. I'm, uh... No, no sponsors on anyone uh, for this these uh, these matchups. Well, the boar, you know, the 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 podcast of Final Wrestling Place seemed to have thrown their support behind the boar. Sure, um, sure. Like how last week, like we got like IWTV's guy, uh, IWTV guides pick and Wrestling Cheers picks, or any of these picks sponsored oh, by anyone. No, all of these picks are either the credit or the blame of myself. Uh, I'll let you, the listener, decide which is which. <laughs> so, what do you think of the boar versus Erica Lee? Dirty pool was all I'm saying. All right. Fair enough. Uh, again, I I think it's a very, very, uh, you know, even matchup. You know, I think that they're familiar with each other. I think this is going to be a good match. Next, I, I, I do want to say this. Okay. Yes. Keep in mind, uh, you've only announced one match so far. Uh-huh. This episode hasn't gone out live yet. Uh-huh. And you're seeing the boar in person tomorrow. Okay. Still want, keep that one, still want to keep that one as is? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Next up, the the champion of Pod Van Dam, Hook, will be facing just a monster of a, an opponent, Bojack. Uh-huh. Poor Bojack. You're you're just editorializing. You're not bringing out your commentator. You're supposed to be selling these fights, Joe. Oh, by God. Uh, The hot twink boy on Twitter that everyone loves taking on uh, a young up-and-comer who's just within the last, like, three weeks getting some talk and play online. I'm sure this will definitely be an evenly paced voting uh, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. All right, fine. Maybe. Maybe this next fight will will, uh, kind of turn the tides here. So the Mass Library's pick of the Mysterious and Handsome Stranger. Now, Joe, I want to go with somebody just completely opposed. I didn't want to have, like, I wanted a stylistic clash here. So facing the Mysterious and Handsome Stranger will be Mixed Martial Archie. Mm. All right, that's a little bit more even. I'll give you that one. (laughs) All right, so next up we have the champion of IWTV guy, Danhausen. 
Is it spelled correctly? It is now. Well, not in the thing I'm looking at now, but on the bracket that was tweeted out, it's spelled correctly. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what? He will be going against Matthew Justice. Okay. All right. Interesting matchup. I'll say that. I'm interested. Okay. All right. Back to the top right of the bracket. Arthur McArthur, the strongest man in all the land, will have to put all of that strength to the test as he faces Abby Jane. Okay. Uh, Abby Jane, one of the uh, standouts at Camp Leapfrog, amongst other places, of course. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this one goes. All right. And next up, the champion of wrestling cheers, Jocelyn Navarro. A lot of people throwing their support behind Jocelyn, thinking that she's going to run through the tournament. But in the first round, she will be facing another uh, alumni of the LVAC in Kaya McKenna. Okay. Kaya McKenna, another person on the uh, come up here recently uh, in at least my purview. Uh, you mentioned she's been she, in the last couple LVAC shows. Uh, she was on the Beyond events recently. So, uh, yeah, this can be an interesting one here as well. All right. The champion of Hit My Music, Hollow Wicked, in the first round will be facing Frightmare. Mm -hmm. I had a feeling you were going to try to split the vote on that one here. Uh, no offense to name redacted Frightmare, but uh, this is Hollow Wicked's uh, tournament to win. You got to beat Hollow Wicked. Screw Hook. Screw everyone else. This is you got to beat Hollow Wicked. You beat Hollow Wicked, you won the tournament. All right. Well, hold that, hold that opinion, Joe, because in the next round, the champion of We Need Wrestling, Unbreakable Andy, will be facing Stiffy McGee himself, Joshua Bishop. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm gonna put him in here as Stiffy McGee. <laughs> I will say this, uh, young Josh, maybe uh. Eh. Again, I think Unbreakable Andy not having a social media presence may hurt him. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how you decide to share and promote and everything else, these sort of things, and having to field questions from people about what the fuck this is. Um, <laughs> that's, 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 a, that's an interesting matchup. Uh, let's just say hopefully somebody, if they end up taking on... Uh, Josh, they they put some Kenzons on their uh, kick pads and kick him in the back of the chest, not the face, the back <laughs> of the chest. That's that's his dream spot to do in a match. By the way, <laughs> what a goddamn maniac that kid is. So there's a spoiler. That that's 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 a bracket spoiler. He's someone who could probably go far, maybe win it. Uh, him and Hollow Wicked paired up in the next round is going to be very interesting. Is that the way the bracket works out? Is if Hollow Wicked wins, he would take on the winner of. Unbreakable Andy and uh, Josh Bishop. Correct. Okay. Yeah, they're both coming out of the the the, the southeast region of the oh, bracket. Okay. So, uh, you know, obviously you're in control of these polls. Make sure that you set them up in a time frame so that we can deal with the results here on the show next week. Yep. So uh, with uh, us recording right now, Thursday night, the polls will go up. Friday around noon. I'll try to get them up. Like the first one will hit at noon. It might be like by the time I type them all out, whatever, you know, a couple minutes after noon. Uh, and they'll run until like, uh, I want to say Thursday morning. So probably Thursday at noon, you know, so they'll run six days. 
and I will tag anybody who has a Twitter. So there's a lot of people on here that don't have Twitters. Uh, for some reason, I cannot find a Twitter for the mysterious and handsome stranger. Uh, he is being very mysterious, but uh, the, those who do have Twitters, I, I will attach them. And again, uh, that voting will start tomorrow. I think uh, Kevin of uh, Mass Library uh, Hellions Talks uh, House Show Podcast did himself a disservice by picking someone who technically no longer exists, or at least doesn't exist in our current timeline. You know, he's not an active competitor today, yeah. uh, but at least well, he's I'm up against a, you know... <laughs> A very dangerous opponent, you know, somebody with crossover appeal across, you know, both a professional wrestler and a legitimate fighter and mixed martial archie. Mm -hmm. I could have swore Mysterious and Handsome Stranger had a social media at one point. Apparently he does not. Mm. All right. So I'm excited to see where these go. Again, vote for your favorites. Vote early and often, whatever it takes. Do not blame me if you somehow cannot advance past your opponent. You know, that's on you. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, we've got a pretty stacked, a lot of big names on this tournament this year, I think. Sure. And I'll say this in the uh, interest of fairness, of course, uh, I will only vote once. I will not vote from the multiple Sako accounts that I have and control and so forth. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll vote, you know, on, I have no reason to stuff the ballot in any way, shape or form. I think with, whatever will be, will be. And uh, and I'm not one to cheat in Twitter polls anyways, so uh, mm -hmm. whatever happens, happens. What? Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. hey, oh, I mentioned this on Longbox Heroes this past week, uh, but if you are still in the NFL pigskin pick'ems, uh, don't forget to do your picks and also make sure that your picks are going through uh, because the site kind of sucks now in accepting your picks, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's definitely something to be concerned about. Uh, looking at the top of the bracketing there, uh, I see Chris Runt tied with Marcus, uh, a final wrestling place. And then I see uh, you and Todd from Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, et cetera, et cetera, nodded up there for uh, what would essentially be third place with a couple other folks. So, uh, you know, it's a... Uh, some recognizable names from the soon to be named network there at the top of the uh the picks there. Yeah, and I picked against the Browns tonight because they're basically playing their junior varsity team and I just looked now and they're they're still winning. So I'm I'm going to plummet down the rankings after tonight. Well, listen, this is what happens when you care about football and follow it. You yeah. only set yourself up for disappointment. Uh, yeah, I hear you. Speaking of setting up for disappointment, Joe, Let's get back to the show. <laughs> no, I think that's it. There's uh, just the, the the plugs and everything, right? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, speaking of disappointment, here's some podcasts. but I, I No, stopped, I no, got a couple more plugs to deal with. Uh, so there is a quick Flash Tee Public sale going on. Head over to our Tee Public store, tinyurl.com slash longboxheroes. I think it's only good until Friday. So, you know, 35% off any of the stuff, uh, any of the add-ons with wrestling designs on shirts and stickers and cell phone covers and all sorts of shit like that uh jerry's internet wrestling emporium use our promo code at odds doesn't get you anything 
uh, free, but it does let Jerry know that we sent you to him. Uh, busy weekend for uh, IWTV. There's seven shows streaming this weekend, if you count Thursday as part of the weekend, and apparently they do. Uh, as you were listening to this, uh, either it is just wrapping up or has wrapped up. Uh, Time Bomb Pros Violence is Forever. We talked about at the beginning of the show. Dominic Greeny against legitimate living legend of professional wrestling, Minoru Suzuki. Uh, Freelance has shows this weekend. Southern Underground Pro has shows this weekend. And then Saturday, Interspecies Wrestling is having their big, dumb block party. And uh, lots of familiar Chikara-esque faces on that event. Uh, Definitely check that out if you're not doing anything this weekend. Of course, watch them live. It definitely helps the promotions out. And if you can't watch them live, definitely pick them up on the video on demand. Uh, This weekend for Adam and I, Friday night, we mentioned it again at the top of the show, LVAC, Let's Hang Out, Spooky Edition, big, giant, five-match card, more people jammed to these matches than you can even imagine. Uh, Avery Good, comma, professional wrestler, takes on a mystery opponent. As I mentioned, I tried to suss out who this could possibly be, and I could not find any information about who this was. Uh, so it is a mystery to me as well. Six-person tag match. Uh, as we see, uh, Channing Tatum, Channing Thomas, again, Channing Mm -hmm. Tatum, someone else altogether. Channing Thomas, Rex Lawless, and Jeff Cannonball taking on the team of Green Ant, Hollow Wicked, and The Boar. Uh, Tag team action sees Bonesaw and Gabby take on Willow Nightingale and Edith Surreal. Uh, Glad to see they updated the image for her on that. Uh, 10-person tag sees Hydra, the Batiri, Puff, and... And I'm like, uh, Riley Shepard take on Big Dan champion Kaya McKenna, Murloc, Lucky 13, and the debuting CPA. And then in a six-person scramble, uh, this is the match that I'm most uh, concerned about. Ryan Mooney, Love Doug, Crusher, Ethan Weil, Motar, and Haunted Francis uh, in a six-specter scramble is kicking off the show. Uh, This will eventually be available for purchase on DVD or VOD through SmartMark Video. This will not be streaming live. Uh, But as mentioned, I'm going to be there. Adam's going to be there. The boar is going to be there. Uh, Brett and DJ of Final Wrestling, or of uh, We Need Wrestling are going to be there. Doug of We Need Wings is going to be there. Uh, so if you're going to be there, come over to any of us, say hi, uh, you know, and if you don't say hi, I completely understand things are still, uh, sketchy and we're all still getting back into the real world. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, at the top of the show, looking forward to return to Soulcles, checking out some wrestling, you know, and it's a, it's a great venue for indie wrestling. So I'm looking forward to it. For sure. And then last but not least, of course, we want to help out the show, make any and all of your purchases through our Amazon affiliate link, which is in the show notes to every single one of these episodes. They, Amazon, call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Speaking of getting a cut of the money, I expect a cut of all the money from these podcasts when I'm done plugging them, Joe. And uh, those podcasts that you should listen to are Longbox Heroes, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Hit My Music, Wrestling Cheers, Between the Sheets, Viewer's Choice, Pod Van Dam, IWTV Guide, Hellions Talks, and The A-Show. I think that's all it for the good, show. All good podcasts in good standing, yes. Yes, especially Porch Talk, one of the best. 
I think Porch list. Talk season is going to be running up here or running up here soon with the um, uh, the weather starting to get cold. You know. Well, I hear Porch Talk can be done indoors. You know, the porch is in our heart, Joe. It's not really a physical place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think uh, all that's left is uh, weekly purchases. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. Ha 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 ha. Everyone's favorite part of the show is when they get to hear uh, the weekly purchases theme. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to I'm going to sit out on this because I had no weekly purchases this week. Not a oh, single one. Not a single thing. Uh-huh. No, they didn't charge. They didn't charge me for my booster shots. Uh, I didn't need anything else uh, while I was out. Uh, a lot of stuff that I'd ordered finally came in from shipping. And those things don't count because we already talked about them. Yeah, but uh, the emails in the inbox is starting to dwindle. That's what I like to see. Uh, see, my my email inbox is filled to the brim because I buy so much stuff that I don't even mention on the show because <laughs> like Funko Pops and stuff like that. You know, like because you're like, ashamed. Because oh, you're I ashamed, am. dude. If I listed literally every toy adjacent thing I bought, we'd have to have a full podcast just for this. And that's the thing I brought up on my on the A show is that one of my demands is that there's a weekly purchases segment on that show so that I can kind of spread it out some. But I would only give them like kind of the crummier stuff, you know, mm, like all the good gotcha. stuff that's safe for here. All right, Joe. Well, I didn't have a big week volume wise. Um, I got a couple things and I'll just kind of start with the most basic thing. And. Literally today, I got an email from Ringside saying that the Ultimate Edition Kane and Undertaker were in stock. So I bit the bullet and I bought those because I'm an Ultimate collector. You know me, completest to the core. And uh, Ultimates are a great investment because that's what Broski says. So I got the uh, the Kane with the, the cape. Everybody remembers Kane with his cape and the Ministry Undertaker. So add them to my Ultimate collection. I'm I'm eagerly awaiting both you and Broski to flip them. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I'm sure it'll happen. Um, the other thing I bought is, and this is something that I knew was coming up. Uh, I didn't know the exact date of when it was going to happen, but I knew, and this isn't a toy thing, but I knew in October that Google was going to be announcing their new cell phones, uh, the Pixels. And I had been eagerly awaiting getting a new phone, specifically the Pixel 6 Pro, which is the Lamborghini of cell phones, Joe. Oh, uh, <laughs> and that went up for pre-order. And I'll tell you what, Joe, to get this phone, it's like trying to order a PlayStation 5. Uh, I probably spent half of my shift at the importer exporter just like hitting refresh on the clock on like our system, like our internal ordering system. Uh, but I did manage to get an order through. It's the first time I've had like a really nice phone in a couple of years. I've been kind of going the Joe Sposo route and having a, a reasonably priced phone. But uh, 
I got a, a brand new cell phone and that I will be arriving on launch day on the 28th, but I had to get my pre-order in. Otherwise I would have been frozen out until like November. But, uh, that was a bit of a big boy purchase, Joe. Pixel have they worked out the kinks on a lot of these, uh, day one early adopter devices like this? Yeah, that's not, I mean, that was a thing back when like, Okay, you had Motorola had a phone, and HTC had a phone, and LG had a phone, and Samsung had a phone, and uh, BlackBerry, and Palm, and like every year they were coming out with a completely different operating system. And nowadays you're just basically okay. We increase the RAM, we up the resolution of the screen, we made the processor faster, yada yada. They're all running the same software. It's why people that like our iPhone fans haven't had a different operating system in like seven years because they don't really change the software. They just upgrade the hardware so the days of like oh you don't want to buy a phone when it first comes out that's kind of like passe gotcha all right the other thing i bought and this is the reason why i didn't really do any any doll safari in this week joe um for whatever reason i was just kind of scrolling through my phone and like in my phone i'll have pictures of sometimes of like figures that i bought you know because i'll take a picture of something and i'll put it up on my instagram uh, but other times I'll I'll take a picture or save a, a, an image of a figure that I want to buy or like a comic I want to buy or whatever, just as like a reminder, oh, this is something on my want list. Does that make sense? Yes. And I was scrolling through my, my gallery looking for something that uh, I don't even know what it was, but I came across a picture of this one figure. And I've said on Twitter before that like, oh, this is something that I want to get, but like you know, for whatever reason, I just haven't done it. So I thought to myself, you know what? I got to go and put an eBay save search on this because, you know, it, it was kind of expensive. So I never bothered to even put it in my save search because number one, they never pop up on eBay. Number two, when they do, they're generally beat to shit. You know, this is a, a carded figure uh, and I'm about to send it over to you in just a second. So I went and I set up a save search on eBay and wouldn't you know it, there was one of them up on eBay and it was in really nice shape and it was expensive, but I was like, you know what? I really want it. So I bought the Jax WWE Treacherous Trios three pack. Oh, hey, okay. Featuring Edge, uh, Brian Myers and Broski, which the edge I triplets. it's the Edge triplets. It's the Edge heads. And I believe... It is the rookie figure of Myers and Cardona. I'm not 100% sure, but I don't care if it isn't. So if anybody's like, oh, it's not the rookie figure, it's the figure that I wanted. You know, it's it's the Edgeheads. It's in really nice shape. Uh, and I'm excited to, to clear off an entire shelf in the Detolf to put it in there. Now, obviously, um, that's well out of my price range or out of my wants or what have you. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you're not going to open it. <laughs> no, yeah, it's definitely not getting opened. Are you going to try to get it signed? No, I, I wouldn't do that. So here's my mindset when it comes to getting figures or cards or comics signed. If I want, you know, Broski or Myers or whoever, whoever it is to sign something, I'm going to have them sign something that has very little value because I feel like the value is in the signature. You know, it's the nostalgia or the 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 whatever it is that's like, Hey, I got this autograph at, 
versus taking something that has a lot of value or rarity on its own, you're you're in my mind, you're defacing it. Like if you talk to, uh, you know, your other co-host, Todd Roker, he'll talk about one of his grail items being the first appearance, the first issue of Ninja Turtles. And he talks all the time about how there's so few copies of Ninja Turtles, number one, first print in existence. And there's seems to be very few of them left that haven't been signed by Eastman or Laird because all these people went and took their copies to get autographed. And now if you want this unsigned, like pristine copy, there's fewer of them out there. And that's just kind of the same mindset that I have is that like, if you're going to have something that's, that's rare or expensive, I don't want it signed because I can go and get, you know, a broski retro for $8 on ringside and have them sign that, or I can get, you know, whatever I can get their new upcoming retro inspired figures that I can't think of the name of, but, um, I wouldn't damage in my mind a, a figure that's this this old, this rare, you know, uh, with a signature. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting, you know, like obviously something like this, a piece like this, you know, um, I kind I, I kind of see one way versus the other, but I kind of I think would side with you on a piece like this. Like um, I can get that ringside exclusive edge heads like that three and yeah, one. Yeah. So that's where I was going to go. Like if you can get the ringside exclusive and get that one signed by like, let's say all three. Yeah. I think that one would be a little bit better, but this is a more limit. There's fewer of these out there in the world, you know, and then it kind of breaks down from there. Okay. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like there's fewer, there's not many that have survived mint on card where the card isn't all dog eared. Now here's the thing. When this thing comes in like a week, who knows what it's going to look like. And like, for the price I paid, I'm not going to tolerate, oh, it got crushed in the mail. I'm going full broski on this and get my money back, you know? Um, so hopefully it arrives in the condition that uh, it is in the eBay pictures. And if that's the case, you know, great. It's going to go in the detolf. If it comes and it's beat to hell, I'm not going to deal with like where he's like, oh, well, knock off 50 bucks or whatever. If you take it, no, it's going right back because I want it mint. And if I have to go back to you know, waiting another year or two until another one pops up. So be it, you know? Right. But that's it. Like I said, I only have, uh, you take out my cell phone. I really only had two toy purchases this week. Yeah. So my kid's birthday is over. So now it's going to be Christmas time, you know? And like my kids kind of hit or miss with stuff. And that's, what's going to come up in the weekly purchases. I got nothing for me new that I can see on the horizon. Um, you know, unless until the, uh, pre-orders for the AEW sets with the Brody or the Eddie Kingston figures come, you know? Yeah, I mean, we're probably due end of this month because they're going with like a... Well, no, are they in Unmatched or an Unrivaled? I don't I have, fucking know which one. Yeah, I have in. no idea. I mean, it's been the last pre-orders that went up, if I'm not mistaken, was the, the Tay Conti line. Yeah. And... That I think the Brody set is next. Yeah, I was going to say, because the Tay Conti line, I feel like I pre-ordered that a month ago. And if they're doing a new line every month, yeah. you know, so we got to be getting close. Yeah. So the uh, only thing, and, you know, my kid wants video games. He wants stuff to buy, like, the in-game currency for the different things that he wants, whatever, whatever. Um, but he's still, and this is one of those things, I guess, that transcend age. And that's one of these goddamn Squishmallow things. The what now? Do you know what a Squishmallow is? 
No, that sounds made up. What is it? Okay, so Squishmallow is a Jazzwares product. And they're like these, I think if you saw them, you would kind of know what they are. Mm. Where they're they're these like plushes. They're kind of big. They're like, you know, over a foot tall. And they're very like oval shaped, very basic looking with like two dots, a little line for the mouth. And then it's like, okay, I get that kind of looks like a fish or I get that kind of looks like a seahorse or I get that kind of looks like an avocado or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Uh, but they're uh, they're like the hot item, and they've been the hot item for a while. Um, and there's a blue one because my kid's favorite color is blue, and like he's ten, but I love the fact that he's still into like you know technically little kid stuff like this. Sure. Um, and the lowest I've been able to find it for um, is fifty bucks. Oh. Yeah. Now there's knockoff ones that are out there. But I don't want to roll the dice on the knockoff one coming. And because like a knockoff one I can get for like 17 bucks. Yeah. Um, it, it, it coming and not looking anything like it's supposed to. Yeah. Looking just off enough that it's wrong. And the other thing about them is, is they like. I'd hate to say that these are the new Beanie Babies, but I just did. <laughs> Because they have like a little tag on them that like has like the official Squishmallow thing on them. And it says like what their Squishmallow name is. Yeah. And I am going to have to end up biting the bullet on it. And I don't want to, and because it's a plush item as well, I'm afraid to run the risk on buying it off someone from eBay and it comes and it smells like shit or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's going to need a plushy bath. Yeah, yeah. And that's going to be a little difficult to explain because let's let's pretend and assume this late in the show, if there were any kids listening, they're no longer listening. Yeah, we, we put them to bed during plugs. Yeah, yeah, there you go. They That's what they listen for. They're like, what's on IWTV this week? Okay, I can go to bed now. I can turn off the podcast, right? Yeah. We're getting real close to my kid not believing. Oh! <gasps> Uh-oh. Uh, he's been asking my wife questions. He's just asking questions like his dad. Right. He's just an, he's just an asking questions guy, right? Yeah. Um, so it hasn't come up officially yet, you know? Mm. Now, I'll say this. I, I have – I'm looking on eBay now, and there's a bunch that are like 32 bucks with free shipping. And they look to be – in bags, but then as I'm clicking on them, oh Jesus Christ! Okay, so I'm like, oh, here's one for thirty-two dollars. Item has been removed. <laughs> here's one for thirty-seven dollars. Item has been removed. So I don't know. I'm gonna have to bite the bullet on this sooner than later. You know, as yeah, you, have, you have to decide how much money is your time worth. Like if you're yes. spending like hours looking for this. Just to save seventeen dollars, you know. Yeah. <sighs> well, better you than me. I don't have to buy any any little kids' Christmas presents. Yeah, they've all been like every single one that I'm clicking on is like removed, removed, removed. Holy shit! Okay. As if they're they're selling like the listings going up and they're selling immediately. That type of deal, or no, the listings don't exist anymore. Oh, okay. Like, the thing is called, like, each of them have a name, right? So I'm putting yeah. in, bl- bro, like, Squishmallow Brody. That's the name of it, right? Uh-huh. 
and I call I pull up 14 listings and f- five listings I've clicked on when like you click on it it says this item has been removed. Hmm. I don't know why it would do that. Yeah, I don't know either. I think there's something fishy going on here, you know? Yeah, it's all one big opportunity. Yeah. All right. So, so I, like I said, I, it's not that I get out much, but I've never even seen these things like on toy shelves or something. You know, I think I might have to just bite the bullet, get the thing for 50 bucks and go from there, you know? Yeah, like I said, I've never even heard of them, so yeah. can't be everywhere. And I spend a lot of time in toy sections, Joe. Mm, you do. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here before I incriminate myself anymore. All right, perfect. Everyone, thank you very much for listening. Uh, Episode 161 of At Odds with Wrestling. For Adam, this is Joe saying, be safe, enjoy some wrestling, and see you at Let's Hang Out. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.